The characters depicted in this radio show do not belong to us. They belong to ABC and Once Upon a Time and Adam and Eddie and all those great cast and crew guys up there. Uh, the original characters of our own, but overall this is a work of fan fiction done as a radio show. Thank you for listening. Realms, Episode 1, New Beginnings Rumpelstiltskin's austere castle was nestled in the side of a mountain. It was foreboding to all who neared it, save those who saw Rumpel as an ally, and those were a very few indeed. One of these was the young Mad Hatter. The stony walls of the castle were hung with stolen tapestries and many artifacts. Amidst all this, near a great oaken table, the lord of the castle and the Hatter argued, "'Come on, please just let me try it myself!' No, you're not ready. You can travel to other lands with me, but you mustn't try it on your own. You're too young. Sixteen is far too young to travel alone. <sighs> Sixteen, I'm practically grown. Please, come on, you know I can do it. I've been training with you for, what, five years, ten years? It seems like a long time, but really it isn't. You are only fresh in the magic. Your magic is powerful. You need to know how to control it. <sighs> I can control it. Sometimes. That's not nearly enough. Ugh. But no more buts. Now, go to your studies. Read on the philosophy of magic. That's what you're reading today, remember? Yeah, remember. More books. Yes, more books. You're far too action-oriented. Well, you are my teacher. What do you expect? I need to go. Business calls. What business? Can I come? No, you cannot come. Stay. Study. Ugh. And don't you dare go looking for my magic beans. I promise. Hmm. As Rumpelstiltskin left, there was only one thought in Jefferson's head. He knew where the bean was. Rumpel was fairly easy to predict. It would be simple. The hiding place. Amusing, even. The kitchen. Jefferson ran down the corridor and into the dark, dirty kitchen. He yanked open the pantry door and looked at the jars of dry goods. Rice, potatoes, beans. Oh, yes, this is the one. I know it. He pulled the top off and began digging through the big jar. Finally, he saw it, pearlescent, shiny, multifaceted colors glinted. It was the magic bean. All right, well, now I just need to do it. If I can pair this with my hat, then maybe I can use it to travel. He said I could, so I I can. I think I can. He held the bean to the top of his hat and pressed, thinking, imagining, knowing what he wanted to happen. He felt warmth generated between his hand and the hat. When he looked down, the bean was gone, and his hat had taken on a shimmering hue. Okay, now we'll see if it's worked. He took his hat in his sweaty palm and tossed it to the floor. I want to go somewhere new. New and different. To his surprise, the hat began to swirl and the world around him dissolved and he was in darkness. Have I done it? Surely this isn't the world. Where is this? What is this place? Somewhere in the back of his mind, someone told him it was a passageway. Oh, well, in that case, it should look like a hall. It 
turned into a hall, a hall much like one in Rumpelstiltskin's castle. No, 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 a fancy hall. The reality shifted as his young, powerful magic shaped the darkness into fanciful, swirling shapes. Well, I'm going somewhere. I guess I need a door. Well, where am I going? As he pondered, he held his hands out, directing the thought, forcing his intentions outward. A dark door, starkly black and gray against the colorful walls, appeared. It was carven with strange beasts and deep lines. Well, I guess this is it. Where do you lead? In their monochrome home in Geneva, it had been a lovely day for Victor and Gerhard Frankenstein. The boys finished their schoolwork, brought home for their break. Gerhard had celebrated scoring higher on a practice quiz for his language class, a subject he constantly struggled on. Victor enjoyed showing him simple scientific experiments. The early spring sun even poked out from behind the clouds. The day warmed just enough for the boys to play outside for an hour. The brothers had dinner alone. Their father rarely joined them anymore for night meals. Alphon Frankenstein was more than likely drunk and losing his mind one sip at a time. Settling into the parlor, Victor read to Gerhardt, using all the scary voices that made the young boy gasp. While monster stories frightened him, Gerhard loved getting spooked. That's when the door had slammed shut. The boys turned to face their drunken father, blocking the only door. Monsters. You deplorable little monsters killed my beautiful wife. Father. Victor had begged, please... Please let Gerhard out. Gerhard, he's done nothing wrong. Please, please, please don't hurt him. Alphonse only answered by slowly drawing off his belt and snapping it. Now, Victor carefully tucks his brother into bed. Young Gerhard sniffles into his teddy bear as tears dry on his cheeks. Victor? Hmm? Why does Father hate us? Father doesn't hate us, Gerhard. Then why does he hurt us? He's sick. He's been... he's been sick ever since Mother died. Aren't you training to be a doctor? Can't you fix him? <laughs> no, it's, um... It's a different kind of sickness. His... his heart is sick. And his brain is sick, and I, I can't fix that. No matter how hard I try, I, I can't fix it. Are we really monsters? No, 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 Gerhard. My, my dear, sweet, dear heart. You are nowhere close to a monster. None of us are. We, you, you get some rest, all right? It is it's been a long day, and you just need to rest. Will you stay with me? I have some things I need to attend to first, but you have Admiral Barry here. Gerhard hugs his teddy bear tighter. Look, Admiral Barry will protect you until I get back. You sleep. I'll be back soon. I love you, Victor. I love you too, Gerhard.
Victor slammed his bedroom doors. Snatching up a water pitcher on his desk, he curled it against the wall. It shattered on a portrait. It was a painting of his mother when she was alive, well before the disease had set into her gentle frame. Victor gasped, where had he damaged it? The painting was fine. He fell on the bed, holding his swelling cheek. How could they keep going on like this? He could only protect your heart for so long. They had to get out, but where would they even go? Uncle William lives in the north, but he would ship us right back here. No, they couldn't go to any family. Their father was a high-ranking and respected military general. They couldn't even go to the police. Victor rose to his feet and paced the room. The only option was to leave with no plans to come back. Many people fled to Italy. It was easy enough to hide in Rome. They could steal a horse from their stables, get gold from the safe, and flee to Rome. Was he crazy? No, he was desperate. So desperate, he would do anything to protect his little brother from their beast of a father. Rome was the only option. He would be an apprentice to a doctor and pay Gerhardt's way through school. It was illogical, and it would be difficult, but it would be better than living in fear in their own home. If he hurried, they could leave tonight. He only needed a few books from his makeshift laboratory in the woods. Pulling on his coat, Victor snuck out into the forest surrounding the manor. He dashed wildly down the well-known path. When Jefferson landed, he found himself in the darkness. He realized he was in a rabbit hole. He dug upward, hoping to find light. Victor, sprinting through the woods, doesn't see, and his foot hits something. He goes sprawling across the ground. Oh! Ow! Oh! 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 Victor looks back and forth, seeing a head sticking out of the ground. Why are there no colors? Ah! 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 Your skin's gray. Why? And Jefferson crawls out of the hole, dusting himself off, revealing very colorful clothing. Victor scrambles to his feet, snatching up a nearby branch and holding it like a fencing sword. His hands are shaking, trembling, looking at Jefferson. And holds up his hands in defense. Hey, hey, I'm not trying to do anything to you. What sort of demon are you? Not a demon. I'm a traveler. Stay there, stay back. Uh, stay back. I'm, I'm not interested in you. He turns away to walk in the other direction. Hey! What are you? What are you? What are you? What are you? What, are you? what am I? How are you? I think we're the same species, maybe. Species? You look human to me. You look like a demon t- to me. Demon? Why? I mean, l- listen, demon, I, I don't actually believe in God, so please don't eat my soul. He takes off his hat. Do I look less like a demon? His initial fear is fading away as he starts fully analyzing Jefferson. How are you so colorful? How are you so not? Jefferson approaches him warily. <laughs> he throws up his hand with the, with the stick again. I know fencing. I might be one of the worst in my class, but I can fence. I'm the best in my class. Uh-huh. I will hit sure. you. Hit me, huh? Where is this place? You're in Geneva. Geneva? Yes, it's my country. Country? What land is this? Um, land? 
Europe. Europe. Hmm. Um. Europe. Um. In Earth. Is there magic here? <laughs> magic? Are you mad? I guess so. Magic is just an old wives' tale. No, it's not. Yes, it is. See? The only people who use oh. magic anymore are the Hellsings, and they're almost extinct. Well, I use magic. Jefferson holds out his hand confidently, and nothing happens. Um, Am I supposed to be looking at something? Shut up. There's no magic here. That's a problem. I wonder if I'll be able to get back. Jefferson ignores the boy and continues to walk around. Victor cautiously follows him behind, trying to get warily close enough to take a look at his colors, but keeping enough distance to be safe. Where are the fairies? They'll know what to do. <laughs> fairies? <laughs> oh my god, you're serious. Serious? You don't have fairies? No. You don't have wizards? Um, we Witches? Uh, evil queens? The Pope's kind of evil. The Pope? That's a silly name for a person. What does <laughs> the Pope do? He's in charge of our religion. Well, I, I don't worship it, but my family does. Your religion? I yeah. I guess... Are you seriously asking me about magic? Uh, there used to be alchemists in this world. They're not around anymore. Why? There was a great war. Um, the Hellsings are around, but they're almost extinct as well. Well, this is a horrible place. I think I'm going to go right home. Wait, 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 wait. I just... Can I... Can I see your hand? I promise I won't hit you. Are you... And you're not a demon. You're a, you're a person. I'm a person. Right. 100%. Can I... And I'm not afraid of you. He holds out his hand. I'm not afraid of you either. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Okay. There's a difference between being wary and being afraid, and I'm not afraid of you. <laughs> Uh-huh. Okay. He jumps at him. No! Quickly. No! 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 None of that! None of that! Alright, look at my hand, palm reader. What do you see? I don't care about reading your fortune. Victor takes his hand and yanks it forward, putting his face very close to Jefferson's palm. You're a weirdo. How is your skin this color? Because there's blood in it? Do people not have blood? I have blood. I if I cut you, does black ooze come out? No, red comes out. Oh, then why aren't you red? I don't know. You're wearing a blue vest. I'm wearing a blue vest. I'm wearing a blue jacket right now. No, you're not. You're wearing a gray jacket. I thought it was blue. This is blue. And this is red. He takes a handkerchief out of his pocket. He snatches the handkerchief looking at it. Keep it. So vivid. That's the way things are in my land. You need to come with me. No, I don't need to come with you. I need to go home. Yes, I need... No, I need to take samples of you. Samples? Uh, yes. Skin, no. head, cloth. No, thank you. I think I'm going to just hop back into my rabbit hole and, and go back home. No, 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 no. Hey. Demon. I'm not a demon, okay? What's your name? Jefferson. What's a stupid name? What's your real name? The Mad Hatter. Let me bow. That's an even more stupid name. We'll go with Jefferson. <sighs> I'm Victor. Victor Frankenstein. 
Nice to meet you. He holds out his hand. He shakes it and pulls his hand close again to look at him. Your fingernails. Look at them. Uh, yes, I know. I should cut them. No, they're just, they're pink. They're really pink. So someone must have sucked all your color out when they sucked out your magic. This world has always been like this. I thought I always saw color. Like, oh no, oh no, oh no. And he's looking at his hand. Oh no? Your color is fading. Look at the tips of your fingers. They're turning gray. Ah! Well, I've got to go back then. No, no, you can't go back. I hope this is an experiment. I have to watch this happen. She's here. I feel like I'm suffocating. There's no magic. I'm not used to this. And if my color goes, it may not ever come back. I don't want to be like you. I don't want to be boring. I'm not boring. I'm boring. No offense. I mean, yes, offense. You're boring. I'm not boring. I'm intelligent, thank you. Hmm. Jefferson pulls his hand away and puts his hat back on. I'm going home. Please come with me. Please, let's hurry back to my room. I can take a few samples and then you can go, I promise. To what end would you like samples? Hmm? Your hair, your skin, your clothes. Why? What because I'm a scientist. Well, my colors can go away if I stay. Then there won't be any point. But then I can study it and watch it happen. Did you say you were a scientist? Yes, a scientist. And you're apparently mad. I am mad. Proud of it. But I'm going home. No. He takes off his hat and tries to spin it. Why did you throw your hat on the ground? Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. He picks up his hat and attempts again. Oh. Why, why are you throwing your hat on the ground? Get home, but there's no magic, so I can't get home. Oh, no. Oh, no. I guess that means you have to come with me then. Yay. What is a scientist, and what are you going to do with me? I'm just going to take samples and observe you. Observe me? Observe me doing what? Living. Someone's gonna live here. I kinda wish you were dead. Bye. And Jefferson takes off running through the forest. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. That came off wrong. Victor takes off after Jefferson. Wait, 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 wait. Please stop. Please oh, stop. No, you said you want me dead. I didn't say I want you dead. Look, oh, please stop. I'm not very athletic. Please. Oh, girl. Oh, crap. Oh, God. Jefferson trips over a log and falls flat on his face. Oh, 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 I would happily do your autopsy to see what makes you tick. That sounds just as bad. What's an autopsy? It sounds horrible. No, when someone dies, you open them up to see how they die and why. Oh. But you're not dead, you're alive. So I want to get you while you're alive. And I don't mean get you, I kill you. Now, I'm going to get off you. Please don't run away again because I'm really not that athletic. I can't keep up with you. All right. Okay? All right. Okay. I'm getting up. Jefferson. Jefferson gets up carefully, noticing that more of his color is fading. Does it hurt? No, I mean, that doesn't hurt, but the land I come from has a lot of magic, so the lack of magic kind of hurts a little. It's suffocating me. Are you sure you're not from Italy or Greece? I'm sure. 
I don't know. Those those Italians are pretty weird. I'm not Italian. I don't even know what that means. It means you hail from Italy. Where's Italy? South, east of here. Beautiful country. I went there on vacation once. I'm from the Enchanted Forest. <laughs> That's where your fairies live. <laughs> yes. There are a lot of fairies there. Okay. I'm not crazy. I might be mad, but I'm not crazy. Tell you what. I have a map of this world back in my room. We'll take a look at it, and you can, we can see where your forest is. All right. That sounds like a deal. Show me the map. In return, mm. I get to take a few skin samples and hair samples, and I'm going to keep your handkerchief. I already said you could have the handkerchief. Thank you. How are you doing skin samples, exactly? Scrape off a little bit and put it on a petri dish. All right. Oh, I love... Is your blood really red? Like, as red as this handkerchief? Yes, my blood is really red. Mm, I want to see it. You're creepy. But I won't... I'm not creepy. You're weird. Better weird than creepy. I am the smartest person in my class, thank you very much. Well, your class must be full of geniuses. Nah. Come along. You have to be quiet, though. Why? My servants are about, and my father was in a rage, and I got this. He motions to his face. Wait, you got that from your father? Why? Because he thinks we killed our mother. Did you? No, she got sick. Oh, well, why would he think you did if she got sick? She started getting sick after she gave birth to my little brother, Gerhard. It was all I could do to take care of Gerhard. That's actually what I was doing. I was going out to my lab to get a few things, and I was going to run away tonight with Gerhard. Well, you should do it. No, I, I wouldn't be able to provide for him. So it's actually a good thing I ran into you. We'll be back in school in a few months and away from here. School? Yes, I attend school. What's school? It's where you go to learn things. Like hmm. math and history and literature. Oh. They're teachers. But I guess I'm kind of in school. With your fairies and your magic. Yes. My teacher is a very powerful wizard, I guess. Oh, right then. <laughs> well, he's the most powerful dark sorcerer in the whole land. Then why can't he come get you? He could, maybe. But I don't need his help. That's why I'm here. You crawled out of a hole. Yeah. To... To prove that I could travel to another land. Did you? He said I couldn't do it. But I mean, what, just walk or take a carriage to another land. No, my hat. When you say land, are you talking about a completely different realm? Yeah. We don't have Italy there or Vienna or whatever this place is, you said. It's the Enchanted Forest and the Southern Isles and it's a different you, place. You're talking about a completely different world. Yeah. There, there are other worlds. Of course. Your yeah. hat. Your uh, hat. Your hat. Bro, you keep mentioning your hat. What's so great about your hat? Well, it's got a magic bean inside it. Okay, well, let's see it. Well, it's, it's fused magically to it now. So your hat with this bean takes you to other worlds. Well, not always my hat, but now. Now it will be. I've come a lot of different ways. It's easy, kind of, once you figure out what to do. To go from land to land. Victor stares at Jefferson in, in slight disbelief, not sure whether or not to to agree or go along with this. Show me something from your land. From my land? Yeah. 
Um, I need evidence. I'm a man of, of knowledge and science. I need evidence. Well, this is from Wonderland, and that's a better land, I think. And he just takes out a little small compact that looks sort of like a makeup case, and he opens it, and it has a dancing sculpture inside that definitely shouldn't fit in there. He just snatches it from him. Be careful. There's no way this could fit in here. Well, it's magic, but I bet it won't work much longer. So you could take me to another land? <sighs> yes, if I could figure out how to get my hat to work here. And you could take my brother with you? Yes. Both of us? Yes. And get us away from here? Yes. And we don't ever have to return? Look, I'm not going to take responsibility for you and your little brother, okay? It's hard enough to take care of myself. Or I could just leave you in the woods with the werewolves. It is werewolf season. They are migrating. Werewolves? Yes, I, and the van- I hear the vampires are moving it just north of here, too. Vampires and werewolves. Yes. I don't think you could leave me here because uh, I think I could keep up. I'll make you a deal. Another one. <sighs> Actually, no. Never mind. I don't. You're not telling the truth. I am telling the truth. Look, if you can promise that you'll leave me alone and not bother me, I'll take you to another land. As long as you can bring me home, right? I guess if you wanted to. I want to go first to make sure it's safe for my brother. My brother is the person I love most in this world. I will go first on a test run to make sure it's safe. All right. Fine. All right. All right. What do I get in return? Money? What do you have for money? Oh, we're rich. We're going to my nana. Nana? We're one of the wealthiest families in Geneva. Oh, really? Well. Oh, I see. You're motivated by money. Isn't everybody? No. Well, wait. You have real money? Do you have gold? Plenty of gold. Well, we're in business. All right. But first, I need to go with you to make sure this world-traveling thing is safe. You will get your money after I'm returned safely home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. No problem. I don't even think you're telling the truth right now. I am telling the truth. Shake on it. As a man. As a man? You? I am a man. What are you, like 12? I'm 15. 15? yeah, I'll be of age in a few months. I make him small in this world. Small and shrimpy. No offense, I'm sure you're very strapping for this land. I'm actually not. Just see <laughs> my little brother. He's four or five years younger than me, and he's almost as tall as I am. <laughs> All in the mind, huh? Yeah, very much so. Is it a deal? It's a deal. And he holds out his hand. He shakes his hand. Give me a little extra grip. Hmm. You do have some backbone, I guess. Not every day to make deals with demons. I'm not a demon. I know, I know. Come along. Now my teacher, he's a demon. The Frankenstein Manor sat atop a gently sloping hill. The gardens appeared well kept as a farce to the constant tragedy that occurred there. A wall surrounded the premises, keeping the forest out. Further down the hill, a great field stretched out where stables and the servants' quarters were located. A river ran through the property, pulling in a lake. The manor is three stories with many balconies jutting out from the sides. It would be beautiful in the daylight and the spring, but now it sits gloomy, dark, unwelcoming. Wow. Wow. Wow, you live here? It's grander than Rumpelstiltskin's castle. Now we must be quiet. Most of the servants would have already gone to bed except for a few. I'm on most of the routes, so as long as we creep through the kitchen, we'll be fine. We can go up the back passageway to my room. Okay. Victor leads home to the back side of the house, and very easily opens the kitchen door. He peeks in to make sure no one's in there. Jefferson follows him quietly. 
waves him in, steps in, and leads him up a back servant stairway. They go up to the third floor, and he creeps the hallway to his bedroom, and he opens the door. In the corner of Victor's room is a large-looking glass, sitting across from a desk full of maps and papers. Welcome to my room. Jefferson gawks for a moment, but then notices the mirror. Do you have a looking glass? Yeah, I do. Ha-ha! Ha-ha? It's a mirror! Ha-ha! You might take it home. The, the, my, my looking glass. Oh, yeah. Looking glasses, rivers, transitions between worlds. Everyone knows that. Everyone's not crazy. Hmm. Victor goes over and stokes the fire, adding a couple logs, and he lights a torch and guides it over to his desk, lighting a small candle. All right, you said you need a map? And Jefferson walks over and looks at the map. Huh. The map of Victor's world looks the same as the land without magic, only as if it was made in the late 17 to 1800s. The oceans are much closer together, though, showing that the world is not quite as big as the land without magic. Nope, not from around here. We are right here. He points to a tiny little country in the middle of Europe with the grand wide world around it. Wow, I could explore here forever. We just recently discovered the Americas over here. We didn't even know there was an entire other continent over there. Oh, I love exploring. All right, my turn. <laughs> he grabs his hand and pulls him over. I'm uh, sample. Uh, oh, most of your hands are already gray. Here, I'll have to take it off your arm. He shoves Jefferson's sleeve up and pulls it over to a desk and lays it flat on the desk. Don't move, or oh, I will cut you. Oh, gosh. Victor takes out a small petri dish and a very thin blade scalpel. With the greatest of care, he scrapes it along the top layer of Jefferson's skin. Mm. He scrapes it off into the petri dish, closes it, and sticks it on his microscope. Oh, look at it. Look at it. Does it look ah. different? What's it like? Jefferson leans in close. Here, take a look. This is what your cells look like. Surely this is magic. No, it's science. Jefferson feels the pit of his hair get snipped, snipped off the back of his head. Ah, warn me. Thank you. Warn me next time. I didn't take off too much. He feels the back of his head to make sure he's not missing too much hair. All right. I held up my end of the deal. I got my skin samples. Here's your map. If you go, if you find a way home, I need to have you have a way to get back to me so I can connect with you to go explore this world. Well, that's simple. Here. He hands him another mirror compact. It's a communication device. I have this one. You have that one. I can contact you. With the mirror. Right. I could probably contact you through that one, too. So, if you're in your room, look for a big face. And he smiles. All right. That's not strange at all. <laughs> so, I just think about you? Yeah. Do I have to say any enchanted things like wizards? No. Just, just focus. Hey, we can try it. Well, I don't know. We'll see. Here, I'm going to go outside and we'll try it, okay? No, you can't go outside. I mean, go outside your room. If a servant comes around and sees a colorful person like you standing in the hallway, they're going to have a heart attack. All right, all right. Go on. You try contacting me, okay? Okay. You mad, crazy man. Victor steps outside and closes his door behind him. Victor steps outside the room and looks out and closes the door behind him. He looks down at the mirror, seeing only his reflection. This is mad. Okay, just focus on this, right? Focus. Focus on Jefferson, the weird man that came out of a rabbit hole. I am apparently dreaming, but I'm holding this mirror, which is not from my world, and I can see that it's still colorful on the backside. Jefferson?
Jefferson? Hello? Hello? Jefferson, I don't think, I don't think it's working. He hears a thump from inside. Durf spins around and throws open the door. And Jefferson is gone. Victor comes in, sees his looking glass laying on the ground. He goes over, pushes it back up to standing again, and taps on the glass. Oh, God, oh, I'm going mad. But he looks down at his hand to see the compact still there. As something, as proof that something happened. He reaches into his pocket and takes out the red handkerchief. Or am I really going mad? Jefferson sat in the kitchen, sipping his tea. The house was enormous, lavish, perfect. Everything he had ever wanted. His knuckles turned white as he squeezed the cup. Everything he wanted, yet nothing at all. He pondered how long it had been. The house was full of mocking clocks that never moved. Thirty years. And pondered how much longer it might be. He had a telescope turned on the town, and he watched his daughter from afar, watched everything from afar. He really was going mad. <laughs> How much more of this can I take? Maybe there's a way out. <laughs> if there isn't a door, maybe there's another way. If I can't physically leave the house. He fingered the sharp butter knife that lay to his left. Then he heard a sound that was utterly foreign. Ticking. He leapt from his seat to see the kitchen clock. It's ticking. Oh, it's not 8.15. It's not... It's not 8.15. It's... That means that the spell... The spell's broken. It's broken. He ran from room to room, seeing that the clocks were moving. The time no longer stood still. Then he stopped. He saw the front door. The front door. I can leave. I can get out of here. I can leave. And he rushed through the door. the night that Emma arrives. Dr. Whale pulls up to the rabbit hole in his car. He shuts it off and he gets out. He walks up but waits outside, taking out a cigarette, finishing just finishing his shift. He hasn't had one in several hours. He lights it, takes his first drag, and leans against the wall. Jefferson's coming down the street in awe that he can finally leave his house and he's trying to find some people he knows. Victor! Victor! Dr. Whale looks over at him. He sees the guy. A guy he doesn't know. And when he sees the guy coming towards him, he kind of turns a little bit and looks the other way just to see if there's anybody else behind him. And there's no one else outside. He looks back at the other guy. Jefferson's running up to him with full of excitement. Victor, it's you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hi. What? It's me. You don't recognize me? Hey, it's you, guy. Victor. It's Jefferson. Oh, my God. What fresh hell is this? Um, he turns away from Victor, trying to figure out what's going on. Do you need help, guy? Surely she did not create this entire world just to torture me. That doesn't make any sense. Are you okay? Are you... What's your name? Who are you? 
I'm Dr. Whale. Dr. Whale. Dr. Whale. Okay. Okay. Are you in need of assistance? I can call an ambulance. I'm not in need of assistance. What What do you know about this town? It's called Storybrooke. We're in Maine, which is the United States on Earth. We live near an ocean. This is the rabbit hole. It's the local bar. Um, Granny's is right down the street. Um, there's also a police station, which you might need to go to. <laughs> Sheriff Graham is great. He'll be able to help you. <sighs> Sheriff Graham. Where's the mayor? Probably at this hour in her house. What's her house look like? Why should I tell you? Because I need to talk to her. I don't know. You're kind of weird. You're weird. You don't even know who you are. I know exactly who I am. I'm Dr. Whale. I'm a I'm the best surgeon in town. I work at the hospital. Well, whenever I'm able to prove to you who you really are, you'll be shocked. <laughs> okay. Right, guy. Victor Frankenstein. That's a good book. Book? That's a good book. Good book. It's a good book. Movies kind of suck, but it's a good book. Said your name was Jeff? Jefferson. Jefferson. Person. Person. All right, um... Listen, sir, I, I can call you some help. I mean, are you... Are you I don't looking? need any help. Are you looking for someone? I'm looking for my daughter. Looking for everyone, actually. I sound like a lunatic. Well, why don't you file a missing persons report? Well, you see, I've been trapped in the house for 20 years, but time hasn't actually been passing. It's been pretty crazy. Well, okay, then. I'm just going to go inside now. Um, Good luck with that. Yeah, good luck there, guy. Could you tell me, do you know of a girl named Grace? Do you know where she lives? Girl named Grace? Uh, I wouldn't tell you. You're crazy. Uh, why? That's her. My daughter is named Grace, and she's here. I've watched her. Don't think anything of this. I'm just going to take out my phone and just just put in a few numbers, maybe make a call, see if I can help you out. You have the phone away from him. Hey! Give me my phone, man! I'll give it back to you. I'll give it back to you. Please, just try to remember. We... We're best friends. Give me my phone, man. He holds out his hand with the phone. He snatches it back. Don't call anybody. I'm fine. Just try to remember. I'm going to walk inside now. You will not follow me. It's not going to hurt you. You're No, you're not going to follow me inside. If you follow me inside, I am going to call Graham. I'm not going to follow you. I'm not going to follow you inside. Go away. Get. I'm not a stray dog. Get out of here. I live here. Then go home to your crazy little 20-year-old prison. What are you, a recluse? Never going back there. Well, enjoy the streets. Victor kind of looks at Jefferson as if he's really looking at him for the first time. There's kind of a sense of familiarity as if he has seen this person before. Jefferson's eyes widen and he looks at him with hope. Do you recognize me? I feel like I've seen you around town. You haven't. I've been trapped in my house. I've probably helped you. Well, you're crazy. Bye. <sighs> Have a good night. You too. Enjoy your sh- street walking. Victor tosses his cigarette onto the street and walks inside the rabbit hole. Jefferson turns around with purpose. All right, Your Highness, I'm coming for you.
Dr. Wells strolls into the rabbit hole and takes a look around. He doesn't see his normal drinking buddy, Sheriff Graham. The two of them always love swapping stories about what stupid kids Graham arrested that day or what crazy surgeries we all had at the hospital. He notices at the end of the corner a woman. He sees it's the local bakery owner, Amanda Moore. She's a little bit younger than him, and she's looking absolutely miserable at the moment. He takes a minute and studies her, and then he moves slowly over and takes the empty seat next to her. He doesn't say anything. He pulls over the bowl of peanuts and starts picking through them. All the old moldy ones he flicks across the counter. Amanda eyes him for a moment, as if waiting for him to say something. He says nothing, continuing to flip peanuts every which way. He tries a moment to try to get the barkeep's attention, but the barkeeper ignores well, and he returns to flicking his peanuts. Can I help you? Hmm? Oh, no, um, well, I guess you can order a new bowl of nuts. The barkeeper never listens to me. I mean, look at these nuts. This is dreadful. These are dreadful nuts. <laughs> you shouldn't say that too loudly about your nuts. Well, they're not my nuts. No, you're looking pretty miserable and in need of talking and stuff. So, talk? <laughs> you know, it's just like a man to think, Oh, and what do you know about men, little girl? I am not a little girl. I, I am a lady, and I am a woman. Do I get to hear you roar? Oh, shut up. I know a lot about men. Well, from what I hear from Graham, only boys and oversized prats go into your little cupcake shop, and most of them are just to oogle your cupcakes, girl. That doesn't mean I don't know anything, and you're a pig! Yeah, 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 I'd say I am, yeah. That doesn't mean I don't know a lot about men and dating and, you know, the, the penis. <laughs> Stop giving me that judging look! I know all about the penises! Or is it, or is it peni, peni, penises? Anyway, I know all about them. <laughs> Stop laughing at me! You're gonna hurt yourself. Stop. Now, why don't you calm down and breathe? I'm not trying anything. I'm not trying to get in your pants or anything. I'm not trying to be a pig. I'm just sitting here. And if you don't want to talk, I'll just go back to eating my nuts and try and get the damn barkeep's attention. You know, I come here all the time, man. Mr. Gold came to my shop today. Ooh, that's never a good thing. Man, Gold is a scary, scary guy. <laughs> yeah, he threatened that if I miss my rent again, he would shut me down. Oh, so you know, one of the common problems in story, bro. I got it, got it. So are you having trouble turning a profit or something in your business? You know, no matter how much you love doing something, it doesn't mean that you're really good at it. I suck at baking. <laughs> Who ever heard of a baker who sucks? And my my icing sucks, and my cake decorating sucks, and I I made I went to go make an elephant, and it looked like a penis. Yeah, looked like a penis. Look, I I wouldn't say that you suck. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, you went to baking school, right? You know, I went to medical school before I became a doctor. You didn't just wake up one day and said, "Hey, I'm gonna run a bakery." Oh my god, you woke up one day and said that you're gonna open a bakery. Are you an idiot? Yes! Oh, yes, I'm an idiot! Oh! Ah! Uh. Hey, I, I... I didn't mean for you to take that seriously. I'm, I'm sure you're not an idiot. It, look, 
You're, you're really nice, and I'm sure it's gonna work out. Sweet ladies like you, you deserve nice things, and I'm sure if you, I'm sure if you talk with Gold and maybe work out something with him, you know, you know, this is my future business plan, can you give me an extension? I'm sure it'll work out for you. I've already tried that. This is like my third extension. He's not gonna give me another chance. I can't help you on that one. But I... Maybe I could help you forget some of the stuff tonight. Just for a night. Because I don't... I don't feel like being alone. And you don't look like you need to be alone. What are you saying? Well... I called you an idiot. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to call you an idiot. But uh, I'm a bit of an idiot too. So, uh... If we're gonna be stupid, why don't we be stupid together tonight? You wanna spend time with me? I wouldn't ask you if I wasn't serious. <laughs> well, what do you have in mind? Well, since the barkeeper is still an asshole and ignoring me, and I still don't have my drink yet, and you haven't got very far on your pint there, I'll pay for your drink. So you don't have to worry about it, you can save your money, I'll pay for your drink, and we'll go back to my place. I have some nice wine there, we'll put on some music, you know, nothing nothing serious. This isn't a date. This is not a date. Okay, good, because I don't really want to go on a date right now. I kind of look like I've been crying all day <laughs> since about four when Gold left. I think you look nice. Really? Yeah, your hair has that, like, floofy, I've been holding on to it for an hour crying look. It's sexy. You're just saying that. No, no, you're nice looking. You're beautiful. Look, I'm not, I'm just saying, why don't we just go chat? I mean, I had a rough day too. What happened to you? Oh, nothing too big. I just had a guy die on my table uh, in the middle of surgery. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, just his heart gave out and, um, it happens. Aren't you upset? I mean, I'm upset it happened, but I, I did everything I could. I mean, people just... The heart is a very fragile organ, and sometimes it just, sometimes it just dies and just stops. It, it can't handle the stress of surgery, and yeah. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. You just made all my problems look really, really petty. <laughs> I didn't mean to. Your problems are still very serious. I mean, losing your business is a huge thing. And I'm not, I mean, I'm not really upset by it. I mean, it. It happens every once in a while. I mean, I, I did everything I could to do it. But then the stupid-ass nurses are just like, Dr. Will, I thought you were supposed to be, like, the best surgeon in the world. And I'm just like, stop, you stupid bitch, and button your shirt up, man. It happens, you know. People die, and the nurses poke fun of you and say that you're inept at your job. And then you ask them, hey, I don't see you doing your... I don't like the nurses. I don't like the people I work with. They're kind of stupid. They're all idiots. I'm much smarter than all of them. So, how about it? Offer still stands. We both had really shitty days. And this isn't a date. We just go back to my place and talk. Just talk. You want to talk? Yeah. Yeah, I'd like that. <laughs> we'll talk. Will takes out his wallet, pulls out a few bucks, what it would take to cover Amanda's pint, and tosses on the bar. Gives a very angry glare at the barkeeper for still ignoring them. And he gets up and helps her put on her coat for the night. And he leads her out to his car, and they drive back to his place.
Bacon. Yes, it was definitely bacon that Amanda woke up smelling. She slowly opened her eyes, her mouth salivating to the smell of bacon. She opens her eyes and takes a look around and slowly sits up as the sun comes through the blinds. She squints and rubs her eyes. Oh, why is it so bright in here? And then she shot up and looks around. This isn't her apartment. Her walls are not white and black, and these aren't her sheets, and they're not red, and... She slowly lifts the cover and looks down, and yeah, she's... she's naked. Oh, no! She covers her face and flops back on the bed. (gasps) What happened last night? She stared at the ceilings, thinking about it. What happened last night? Oh, God, what did I do? Okay, I... I talked to Cold, and then I went to a bar... Oh my god, oh my head, oh my head, oh, I went to the bar and I talked to Dr. Whale, oh, she was in Dr. Whale's apartment, oh no, and Amanda quickly got up and looked around in the corner, she sees her clothes nicely folded, she doesn't actually remember folding her clothes, but that was very kind of him, she quickly gets up and dresses and throws on her clothes and tries to make herself halfway decent, she slowly opens the door to the hallway and peeks out down the hall. No Dr. Whale there. Oh gosh, okay. What does a person do in a night when night stand? What do I do? What do I do? I don't know what to do. Oh gosh. Okay, okay. We have to be, be an adult, be an adult. Okay, I think we had sex. We had sex. I kind of feel like I had sex. Okay, okay. We gotta be an adult. Oh, Amanda, you can do this. Oh. She creeps down the hallway, peeks into the living room. It was a nice living room. He has a very nice apartment. Dr. Will's apartment is very modern. There's a lot of monochrome black, white, and gray colors, except for there's little touches of red here and there. The pillows are red, and his lampshades are red. Above his couch, he has a picture of an anatomical heart painted. The room was spotless, really well organized, except for this tiny little alcove in the corner by the window. There's a desk there with papers and post notes stuck in the wall and mini journals and pictures and everything in this tiny little alcove is just messy and everywhere. Amanda looks over to the kitchen where she can hear Whale moving around cooking breakfast. She sneaks over to the desk and takes a look at it. He's messy when he works. Then she sees one notebook that catches her eye. She picks it up and she sees that it's a book about dream analysis and it's a notebook of his dreams. She flips through the pages until she finds one paper, piece of paper sticking out of it. And there are words fiercely scribbled across the paper. Hat, green skin, hair, mushroom, desert palace, queens, hearts, monkeys with wings, flying carpets, chesh, knave, Elliot Sultan. These words didn't mean anything to Amanda as she read through them. Taking a look over at the kitchen one more time. Amanda slowly sits down and flips through it to another page. Besides, this was her chance to find something out about the mysterious Dr. Whale. He didn't really get out much, and not really a lot of people knew about him. What would it hurt? If he didn't know, it didn't hurt her. So she sat down with Whale's dream notebook and began to read. Gerhard, Germanic origin. Variant of old English name Gerard, meaning spear, brave, hardy. As my dreams become more vivid every night, nothing else arises more than that name. Who is this Gerhard that plagues my subconscious? It seems like a far-fetched idea that I dream about witches and green witches and pink cats and a kingdom in a desert, but this one word in all my dreams rings so true. 
feels like someone that I'm I'm searching for. And most of my dreams, I return to a world without color. Why is this world black and white? I don't understand it. And I see a door. The door is black and white. Is Gearheart behind that? Is Gearheart on the other side? Good morning. <gasps> I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to snoop through all your stuff. I'm so sorry. I know it was an invasion of your privacy, and I shouldn't have been looking, but you were busy, and I'm so sorry. Hey, hey, hey. It's all right. I mean, these, these things are nothing important. Dr. Whale, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I shouldn't have looked. No, no, it's, it's just research for work and stuff. I mean, it'd be one thing if it was patient files, but I mean, these are just me. What is all these things? I have all a lot of dreams and stuff that I I like to document, because some of them just seem really, um... Ever have a dream like it's almost like you're living another life? Yeah, sometimes. It's sort of what it feels like. <laughs> anyway, I have breakfast ready. Come on, give me breakfast. Amanda gets up, quickly organizing the last of the journals again the way she found them, and falls into the kitchen. She sits down and sees a perfect table of breakfast in front of her. Everything is cooked to perfection. Oh my god, you can cook too? I'm a single bachelor. I have to live somehow, and it gets really, really expensive if you eat a granny's every day. He places a cup of coffee in front of her before sitting across the table. So, um, about last night. Yeah, yeah, we should probably talk about last night. <laughs> yeah, we we had sex, right? Yes, we had sex. And I'm, I'm sorry. Why are you apologizing? I mean, are, are you in any pain? What did we do last night? No, no, not like that, not like that. I, you, well, you were, you were a virgin, right? Yeah, I, um, I didn't want to tell you. I didn't want you to think that I was, um, some kid and, and kick me out. Just because you're a virgin doesn't make you a kid. I didn't know and I didn't want to hurt you. I'm, I'm sorry. You're 18, right? Please tell me you're 18. I'm, I'm 20. Oh, God. Thank God. You had sex with me without knowing if I was 18? Yeah, I, f I figured you were old enough to be drinking at a bar. Wait, if you're 20, how are you drinking at the bar? I have a fake ID. So, you're a criminal, and you're not 21. Sure, you're 18. You really look young. I am 20, I promise. Look, I'm, I'm trying to apologize here. I... I wouldn't have had sex with you if I would have known you were a virgin. And like I said, that's why I didn't tell you. I wanted to be with you. It was consensual, and I just... You were very charming and handsome last night. Really? You thought I was charming and handsome? Yeah! <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't have been with you, and I, I wouldn't have come along if I didn't. Dr. Whale, I... My name is James. James Well. James. What is this? I mean, what what are we doing here? I've I obviously have never been in a one night stand before, so I don't really I don't really know what this is. I mean, are we are we boyfriend and girlfriend? No, 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 no. I really don't want that. I I don't have time for a girlfriend. Oh, good. Me neither. I mean, I just, I have so much on my plate right now. I'm not really looking for a relationship, but last night was you know really fun and really nice. And you, oh my gosh, you can cook. Why don't we be friends? You seem like you need some company, and I could use some company too, and, you know, we hang out, and and we get food on occasion, and hey, if we fuck, yay, we fuck. 
Yay! So you're saying that we should be friends with benefits? You know, I, I try to make it so much sounding better than that. I mean, I said yay. Yay at the end, so I, friends with benefits just sound so sleazy. I don't like being sleazy. You are kind of a sleazy guy, and you are a mess right now with your eye makeup all going up your face. Oh, I'm kidding. You look beautiful this morning. I'm, I'm just joking. You have no eye makeup on your face. You're gorgeous. So if we go through with this whole, um, not a friends with benefits, but just hanging out and having sex on occasion and, and, and stuff, are you going to make me breakfast every time? Um, unless I have to get up early for work or get paged in. I mean, I, I get paged in a lot. Um, sometimes I just have to drop everything and run. But yeah, I, I can make breakfast. I like, I like cooking. Cooking is, uh, really fun. It's like, it's like science. Cooking is not like science! Yes it is, your baking is like science! Don't you follow recipes? You have to put in so many things and it's, it's science. Food science. So anyway, now that you've ruined baking for me by making it sound so nerdy, it's not nerdy. Science is amazing. Please stop talking. So you'll make me breakfast, and if, if, if we do go with this thing, we're going to be friends. We sleep with each other. On occasion. Yes, on occasion. But mostly friends to support and listen to each other and get food. And, and you can come eat at my bakery if you want to. Do I get to bring my own food? I'm not going to eat cupcakes for lunch. Don't give me that scandalized look. Oh, you should do that. You should make, like, paninis or something, for, or sandwiches for, 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 for lunch, and that way you can bring in some extra income. That's a really good idea. James, you're, you're amazing! That's, that's a really great idea! Oh my gosh, I know. I, I, yeah! I like this already! <laughs> this is a great idea! Yeah! Do you want to? Eat paninis at your bakery? No! No, no. Do be friends, and... Be supportive of each other, and and you know maybe sleep together on occasion. The whole sleep together on occasion thing, I will only do that if you want to. It's no fun for me if you're all like no no no. I mean I want you to. I'm no means no. So if you don't want to sleep with me, just tell me. You're not gonna hurt my feelings. I would like to sleep with you on occasion. Okay, great. Cause I really want to sleep with you too. <laughs> okay. Well then, yeah. Friend Amanda? Friend James. I like that idea. <laughs> Got your way on Amanda. Smile at each other. And continue on with your breakfast. Good evening, Storybrook. I'm your host, Jeremy Pride. Welcome to WUAT Radio and Late Nights with me. So, today we're going to get started with a little bit of news going on. I was driving into work tonight, because you know my show is every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 9pm. You guys all know this already. I was driving into work today, and I looked up, and I saw the damnedest, damnedest thing going on. I looked up, and above the library, the clock tower was moving. Guys, I haven't seen the clock tower move since... Can't even remember when I saw the clock tower moving. 
I'm guessing that Mayor Mills finally got all of our tax dollars together and did something right. Huh. Still doesn't mean I actually voted for her if you catch my drift. Anyway, apparently our clock tower's fixed. Good job, Mayor Mills. And uh, just a little side note for a community here. I know it's still a few months away, but Miner's Day is coming up. And if you want a booth with a Miner's Day, go ahead and the sign-up's already available. Just head right down on the city hall. It's good to sign up earlier rather than later so we can get an idea of how much space we're going to need for Miner's Day. And, you know, it helps out the nuns. Those nuns are great. They're really, really great ladies. And as the old saying goes, if you don't give some, you get none in return. <laughs> oh, you got to make yourself laugh there, folks. So you guys are the sweetest. I've been getting so many emails and calls from you guys, listeners. I love you so much. And all you guys were wondering about how my date went the other night. Now, now, before you get all excited and everything... It didn't go too great. He just, he wasn't what I was looking for, you know? And you can just, when you can tell that someone's just not right for you and going on and stuff. But listeners, don't worry about me. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. You know, dear old Jeremy here, got, you guys got my back. And I love you guys. And you guys are wonderful. And you guys are my little cubs. And I just want to, like, cuddle you guys and love you all day long. And I guess just, there's a, there's a certain someone out there listening. And I, I, I hope he is. I just... I, I want someone who's sweet and listen to you for a long time, and I just, that's the kind of, that's the kind of guy I'm looking for, and I just, I know he's out there somewhere, and we'll see how it goes. And before we move on to some of the music for the hour, I just wanted to say that you guys are the best. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back after these messages to WUAT Radio with Jer- Late Night with Jeremy Pride. Realms is a production of Hopeful Trades Podcast and Two True Freaks Podcasting Network. It is written by Hope Molnax, Megan Mercer Bourne, with input and feedback from Angel Tillefsrud. The voices of these characters are Hope Molnax and Megan Mercer Bourne. The original music is by Kevin McLeod. All of his music can be found at uh, incompetech.com. Comments, questions? These can be emailed to hope at twotruefreaks.com. Thank you for listening, and be on the lookout for our next world-hopping adventure.